You're Warren's Huddle with me, Bram, with me after a brief break, and I'm happy to have him back, my boy and producer, Marcus. What's up, Dub Nation? And with us, our master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? Boys, we have the perfect man for today rejoining us, the Warriors B-Writer for the San Francisco Chronicle, a man who attends every Warriors press conference, practice, shoot-around, and game, and a guy who has literally been talking to the Warriors about their draft plans as recently as this morning, Mr. Connor Letourneau. What's going on, Connor? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Today's a special day, too, because we have your dog here, Bo, um, which I'm really excited about. So, You know, when you said that, today's a special day, I thought we were about to have breaking news. You know, you're like, oh, actually, I just got off the phone with Bob Myers, and there's a trait. No, it is an announcement for our dog. Uh, <laughs> Connor, how excited are you, jokes aside, to actually have concrete basketball news to talk about? I'm so happy. Um, I'm more just happy that the draft's actually going to be over tomorrow. Uh, I love the draft. I've, I've always been kind of a draft nerd, and it's been fun being able to dive deep on it uh, for the first time, really, because my first four years on the beat, there it was kind of an afterthought after the finals, but... Uh, it's been eight months of all-in coverage, and I'm I'm kind of over it. So let's uh, let's do it. Let's find out who they get, and let's move on. I was going to ask you this down the line, but let me do it now. So I love your personality. I love all of your observations on the team, but I also like your ability to kind of stand back and see themes as they go on. And you just had your first experience professionally. More specifically, you just got to cover a team with a top three pick yeah. in the draft. And you talked with all the people. And, and, you know, for Maxime, Marcus, and I, everyone else out there who's been reading the articles, you hear things like smoke screens. You hear right. things like what teams do. You just cover it. You just live through it. So looking back... Has this changed your understanding of the draft now that you've covered it? Did you did you walk away with any gems? Uh, you know, now that you've done this, where? Yeah, where I mean, speed? it's been a learning experience for sure because it's a new experience for me. Um, and I think anyone who's followed the Warriors draft coverage at all has noticed that there's been a ton of smoke screens, uh, probably the most from any team I've ever seen. It feels like every other day there's conflicting reports about various prospects and. Um, it seems like the front office has been very vocal about certain things, which is not super surprising given that this is a very open, transparent front office in general. Um, I All I can speak for is my own reporting. And I mean, I've been on, this is my fifth year on the beat. I have, I have relationships with these people. I know them. I would not report something if I didn't trust the sources. Yep. Um, that being said, things do change. I've, you've probably noticed my James Wiseman reporting has evolved over time yep. because the opinion within the franchise has evolved over time. Uh, they got way higher on him after his, his workout in Miami a few weeks ago. Um, before that, everything I was hearing about him was relatively negative. Um, now, is, is, that smoke, is that a smoke screen, their sudden positivity about him? I don't personally think so, yep. but it would behoove them. I mean, there is a team at number three that really wants him, and they would, you know, potentially want to trade down to Charlotte with I Charlotte. So, a hidden goal of today, I wanted to get you to use the phrase "behoove." So we're already there. Fantastic. Uh, <laughs> let me. Now what we do? Yeah, exactly right. Let me ask I you. Could have just said benefit. I at, don't know why I said behoove. At any point, don't give me a name. But when you look back on all the conversations you've had between now and when your draft coverage started. 
did you ever get the feeling you were talking with somebody and they were telling you something that was blatantly not true just to get an opinion out there? No, no, um, not at all. Um, you know, I mean, we're talking about a relatively small handful of people who I go for for information, not just for the draft, but for everything on yeah. a day-to-day basis. So, um, you know, and these people have never led me astray. So I'm, I'm going to trust them on this as well. Let's jump into the information they've conveyed. Let me start here. So tomorrow, the with the draft set for tomorrow, uh, 4.30 I think Pacific time is going to be a very interesting dynamic process. If you look at 10 mock drafts, you will get 10 different top tens, right? And so obviously the Warriors are going to have to roll with some punches. But let me ask this, as far as you know, do they have a concrete plan entering tomorrow or are they just waiting to see how it unfolds and then react? Yeah, they have a very concrete plan. They have a bunch of different scenarios uh, mapped out. They, you know, if a certain player is on the available, they'll do certain things. If certain trade scenarios are available, they'll do certain things. Um, they've mapped it out on a bunch of different levels. Um, and the benefit, in some ways, of this draft being when it is, is they've had plenty of time. Uh, the issue has been actually getting good intel and getting face to face time with these guys and getting to know them. But in terms of manufacturing a plan, They've had time to do that. Um, And from what I heard, I talked to someone this morning with the franchise, and basically what I heard is they are 100% ready. Like, the draft could be right now, and they'd be good to go. Let's go. Uh, MT, let me give you a little behind-the-scenes blink into how professional Connor is. So I recorded with this fool earlier today on his podcast. We covered that question specifically. I knew what the answer was going to be. When I threw it out to him, I was kind of worried that he'd bust me out. Instead, he just knocked it out of the park, kind of calmly as if he had never heard it before. It's good stuff, right? I'm just trying to be a pro, Definitely. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a pro. I expect nothing less from Connor. Do you have any breaking news about whether or not I'm going to bring my dog to your apartment again after today? Um, I hope so, man. You know, it's like one of my dreams in life to have a dog, but given my travel schedule, it's been difficult. Jeez, I should tell you that if I do bring him back, you can't f-ing keep him, dude. I'm not giving you the well, dog. He's just hanging just do out do like there. an extended dog sitting situation <laughs> have the warriors worked anybody out i know the answer to that is yes more specifically who have they worked out who has been confirmed so they've used all 10 workouts okay. um i believe they've done a couple workouts for the couple with, with with a couple guys so i don't think they've actually worked out 10 total guys um but just off the top of my mind the guys who i know they've worked out Lamelo, james wiseman edwards twice um and Edward specifically twice. Um, Devin Bassel, Denny. Denny, I believe, twice as well. Uh, and then uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, and that's that's all I know off the top of my head right now. I know they haven't worked out Obi. Um, they haven't worked out. I don't, I, I, oh, they've also worked out uh, Okoro, Isaac Okoro. Okay. Um, so I think I named seven guys. And the other super popular move, well, with the double workouts, that should get us up to 10, right? Um, and the other super popular thing that we've explored on this podcast, that pundits have explored everywhere, is the Warriors moving down. As far as you know, have the Warriors reached out and at least talked to other teams, explored that possibility? Yeah, they've definitely been starting that process. I mean, that kind of the feelers were put out a couple weeks ago, um, and now they're starting to get to the point now where they're really starting to develop trade scenarios and I think what the Warriors are doing is they're trying to 
you know, vet teams for possible trade scenarios, and then they're trying to kind of rank those and figure out the the scenarios in which they would use them, right? Because there's depending on what happens tomorrow, they might be they might would want to pull the trigger on a certain trade scenario, and if something else happens, maybe they would pull the trigger on a different trade scenario. So they're definitely doing their due diligence. Um, but from what I've heard, the likeliest scenario, assuming they trade down is that they trade down for a proven rotation caliber front court player, ideally a center, um, along with a lottery pick. Um, and, and they're not really that interested in, 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 in trading out of the draft. They're not interested in necessarily just getting future assets. Uh, they're not, they don't see it really plausible uh, getting like an all-star level guy. Drew Holiday was probably the most in play, yep. and we saw what happened last night with him. So, um, yeah, it's looking like if they trade back, it'll be for like a rotation caliber front. So court when player. you say proven, we're not. I, mean, I heard you just say that, but when you say proven, you're not talking all NBA. No. We're not talking someone who's going to be leading the. I'm franchise. talking about like the Miles Bridges of the world, oh, okay. the Wendell Carters of the world. Someone who's played a couple years in the league. At yeah. least we have a sense of who the hell they're going to be. Excellent. Yeah, so, a guy who can play meaningful playoff minutes for them this season. That's our parameters, all right? What we're going to do is use Connor's knowledge, but also, boys, our fandom, and explore the various rumors that are out there, the various possibilities, and there's been some moves, right? We got Chris Paul on a different team. We got Harden forcing his way out, so there's some things to explore. Let's start here. One of the most divisive forces in this draft is LaMelo Ball. You can see him. There are articles that are positive. He's going to slide like out of the lottery altogether. And then there are other articles that will tell you he's such a steal that teams like New York should do whatever the hell they can to get to number one to make sure he doesn't slide out of their stretches. So here's my first rumor, boys. The Warriors were, in fact, interested in Wiseman and a few other players, but then they worked out LaMelo Ball, and they were so blown away by LaMelo Ball that they now are standing around ready to take him connor scale of one to ten how likely is that um it's not likely i would i would say it's a two um on a scale one to ten i only put a two because i think there's an outside chance that they do end up taking ball if if a certain series of factors happens um and if let's say for whatever reason minnesota traded the number one pick um, and they ended up getting uh, – they traded the number one pick to Charlotte, and Charlotte took Wiseman. Maybe the Warriors end up taking ball over Edwards, um, but I still don't see it happening. Uh, I talked to a source this morning um, about that specifically uh, because I respect Jonathan Giovanni, who reported that. he's he's He knows what he's talking about. Um, and what the source told me was that – they were really impressed with with Ball's workout. Um, that that's true, um, and that specifically, there's members of ownership who are super high on Lamelo Ball. Huh. And I, I, I have not had this name mentioned specifically, but I'm led to believe it. It's Joe Lacob. Um, Joe Lacob, I believe, is high on Lamelo Ball. That should not come as a huge surprise. As a guy who loved Monte Ellis, he yeah. loves those types of guys. Um, and so, in terms of just like dynamic kind of skinny point guards uh but i don't believe that bob is nearly as high on on Lamelo as as joe is and at the end of the day one thing joe is good at is he is not one of those owners who will dictate 
his philosophy. If 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 his employees don't agree with him, he'll listen to them and usually let them make the decision. So ultimately, Bob Myers is going to make this decision, and I'm not convinced that Bob thinks super highly of Lamelo. I've I've been told that they that not just Bob but other people in the front office think more highly of Tyrese Halliburton, maybe even Killian Hayes. Wow. They do think huh. they do think highly of the this point guard class. Um, but I know that a lot of people in the front office don't even have Lamelo as their top point guard. Uh, so it's hard to imagine a world where they take Lamelo. I think it's much more likely if they're in a position to draft Lamelo at two that they trade down for to a team that wants Lamelo because there are a decent amount of teams who think super highly of Lamelo, and one of them being Chicago. And I think we can talk about later, but I think one tra- trade scenario that's interesting would involves be involved Chicago four. number four. Yeah. We uh, we will definitely say that. Don't you ruin my? I mean, it's a great team. I, I alluded to it. Why not? That's that's exactly I'm right. Helping you. Okay, no, that it behooved you. Nicely played. Um, the which turns back to us. So we heard it. Probably won't happen. But if it did, or in fact, let me ask it this way: How badly do you want it to happen? On a scale of one to ten, how badly do you want the Warriors to ultimately pick them up? Connor, don't answer this from a uh, fan's perspective. Do it from a media perspective. How excited would you be to cover them? I'll go first from a fan's perspective. Two, one, I don't want it to happen. Um, Not because I don't think he will work out, only because I feel like he embodies the boom or bust nature of this draft. And I do not want to go through what we just went through last year as fans or as a franchise and come out empty-handed with nothing. So if, if there is a chance he literally cannot help us and they would have to use the two pick to get him, I would prefer go for a more sure thing. I, you know, two. I, I won't say zero, but I'm not fired up for it. I don't, yeah, I, I, I think I'd be kind of excited from a reporter's perspective uh, just because it'd be interesting and, and surprising. And I think that there'd be a lot of interesting storylines there. Like, hey, uh, Steve Kerr, how do you feel about coaching a guy who you've openly feuded with, his dad. Uh, that's that's an interesting little story, right? Um, and it's also just not a good fit. And I, Lamelo has done nothing to show me that he's a mature person. And so I'm wondering how he would react to coming into a situation where he's probably not starting and not even playing major minutes. Um, it would be interesting. And these are also reasons why I don't think the Warriors are going to draft him, yeah. uh, because they're aware of all that. MT, you excited to see him? Uh, no, on on the scale, I would I would put mine at a zero, um, and mostly just because of fit. Like he, Andrew Bogut said, you know that when he played in the Australian league, that he showed that he was an elite passer and had some work to do on some of the other things, but that he had a great feel for the game, and that's just not what we need. We don't need an elite passer. Um, his lack of defensive ability scares me, and. I just don't think he's a good fit at all. So um, I, I'm a strong zero. I don't think we should draft him at all. Wow. Lamella's at a 1.5 if I'm doing the math. Actually, just a one. My God, I couldn't I couldn't add zero plus two and divide it by, divide it by two. That was awful for me. Make sure you cut that. <laughs> Where are you at, Maxime? Uh, I'd, I'd just like to say thank God that Joe is willing to listen to Bob Myers on this one. I'm also all the way out. I think it to the point, it, it's an inflection point for the franchise, kind of like you said, right? This is the highest pick we've had in like two and a half decades um and i just don't want to see them ultimately make a decision that i feel like is counter to the culture that steph primarily has set up 
we're going to fast forward. Like if this was a mockumentary, it would say five years later and it would show all of us in LaMelo ball jerseys. It says all the way in. I've got a ball tattoo on my right arm. Gentlemen, let's change the rumor. Turns out LaMelo's ball or LaMelo ball's workout. (laughs) (laughs) Turns out LaMelo's ball was not that impressive. His workout did not shock the Warriors. They uh, agree with Connor, Maxime, Marcus, and myself and now are enamored with a Mr. James Wiseman. They realize that he fits the positional need. They need a rim runner. They believe in his uh, future. And so they are poised and ready to take him at number two. Connor, start us off with one through ten. How likely is that to be true? Um, it's, it's, it's viable for sure. I would say seven. Uh, I believe that if, the, if Anthony Edwards is not available at number two, and it's looking like he probably won't be. This the the noise out of Minnesota is that it's looking like the Timberwolves are probably going to take Edwards number one, which I think they should. I mean, he's mm-hmm. by far the best fit of the three top guys alongside D'Angelo Russell and and Carl Anthony Towns. So if he's not on the on the board anymore at number two, and the Warriors aren't able to trade for a good offer, I think they keep it and draft Wiseman. Um, it's just one of those situations where he has a pretty high floor. I think you look at him and it's hard to imagine a scenario where he's not a legitimate starting NBA center for a long time. I'm not convinced he can become much more than that because he can't play make, he can't create for himself. Um but he is physically gifted enough, he's strong enough and he he's a good rim runner and he's a guy who uh can already protect the paint at a high level. And so, to me, he, he slides in as a rookie as, like, a better version of JaVale McGee. Sure, yep. Um, I'm not sure that's awesome value at number two, but um, given their other options, it might be the best case. It might be the best option, especially since he does play a position of need. I mean, if it's the start of his journey, it's all good at number two. If it's the end of his journey, of where he ends up as JaVale McGee, then, yeah, we will all look back and be a little bit disappointed. From a are-you-excited standpoint, solid eight for me, solid eight. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier on your podcast, Connor, but we don't have a whole lot of top three picks in your life as a fan. I've had three. Hopefully this is the end. It will never happen again. When you go through these types of scenarios, you want to walk out with something sexy and shiny, you know, like a very good player. Wait, Not an- side note, who were the previous two? Was it Chris Washburn and... No, you're uh, taking me too far back, you bastard. Uh, uh, is Joe Smith and Mike Dunleavy. Oh, yes. Sorry. Yeah, yes. I look like I'm like 75. Yes, I'm older than you. Okay. I'm not well, a all all three of those weren't great. So. <laughs> no, none of them turned out exactly right. But I still, I, this one, I would like to get something out of it. I want that something to be um, a high ceiling player. And of the high ceiling players who are available in this draft, Wiseman's the guy who speaks to me. So I give it a solid eight. Boys, where are you at? Yeah, don't overthink it. I think, it, you know, we've, we've gone, we've just had to sit here and have these conversations over and over again. And think through all of the ups and downs but he was the the top prospect in the draft a year ago looking forward and i think there's no reason to think this should have changed like let's just go for it he's going to be a great asset he has the least opportunity to slide back if we need to trade him off in a year no big deal i think let's go for it uh for me it's like a five um i i it's hard for me to get especially excited about a guy who to me is just like a mitchell robinson type and Mitchell Robinson's a solid NBA player, but like at number two, he Mitchell Robinson was a great value in the second round. He didn't go number two. Um, 
So I, I can't get especially excited about him. For me, I'd get much more excited about a, any sort of trade. Or even if they, if they did move back and took a guy like Denny, I'd be more excited about that. I remember when I was watching the draft when the Warriors selected Rick Barry, um, and I just took away. No, you guys aren't even laughing. You thought that actually happened. I'm really, I just hate everybody here. Marcus, you're and I are basically the same age. Get some anger involved here. I'm with Connor. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a three on being excited what? about why. Not with Connor. Yeah. <laughs> so Connor's at a five. I, I'm I'm below him. I'm, but I just he, I don't think he fits what I'd be excited for. I mean, it you know he's like a Clint Capella mm-hmm. type of player, like you said, Javale McGee. He just doesn't have enough intangibles. If this is the second pick in next year's draft, then you're talking a whole different crop of players, like the Jalen Greens out there, and that's a, a different story. I think this year. I would just be much more excited to Connor's point to to trade back to get a, a proven big man. I know we'll talk about some names in a second, but, but I'd much rather have an established veteran and and um, you know pick like a Denny or or a Tyrese Halliburton and not use a number two pick on them because I think that's a little too I, high for them. I'm going to fight back on this concept that he's Clint Capella or JaVale McGee. I was listening to an interview today with Fran Fraschella, and he said that Wiseman's the best player by far in this draft and that he reminds him a lot of a young David Robinson. That his mind has not yet caught up to basketball speed so that he's incredible in an open gym, bad in a decision-making capacity so that when we actually see him out there, some of his skills get gets lost. But if you put him in a championship environment and give him time to grow then he could become a hell of an asset. And I don't, where the hell have you guys been watching him play where you are positive that he doesn't have these upsides? I mean, like, the downside of Wiseman is that there isn't tape on him. 69 minutes. Okay, so the possible upside on Wiseman is that there isn't tape on him. We we don't know for sure that these limits are are there. These are all just presupposed, and there's, there's... I don't want to take as a foregone conclusion that there's limits on this guy's skill set because I, I mean, I, he did he did play with Team USA. He did uh, have a lot of film in high school that I've gotten a chance to watch. I mean, I know that's a much lower level of competition. He didn't look incredible in high school. No, I mean he looked physically dominant, yeah. but in terms of the the skill level, not especially impressive. Yeah. I mean, his offensive arsenal is minimal. Um, he's solid in pick and roll situations. He can throw down lobs. He can occasionally knock down like the fadeaway mid range, yeah. but that's pretty much it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I I see I see the David Robinson comparisons, but we're also not in the era where David Robinson was a great NBA player. I mean, it's just it's a different game. If he is David Robinson, he should go number two in the in this draft, regardless of what era it is. He's only David Robinson because he's a lefty. I mean, we already have that skill set in Marquise Chris. I mean, what what's the difference? What does Marquise Chris not bring that De- James Wiseman does bring? Well, he he's James Wiseman's much bigger. He's wait, more wait. of a interior. De- he's a better interior defender wait, at least. Wait, and, and wait a minute, if if what we are saying is there's the possibility that he has David Rod or David Robinson like his skill set, then there right there is what distinguishes him from Marquise Chris. Nobody has ever in their life used the phrase Marquise Chris and David Robinson in the same sentence. I mean, that, that, that's just never happened. So I, I don't think that we can all conclusively say that this kid's skill set doesn't belong in an elite uh, category. It's possible it won't, and I understand the concerns, but I don't think we should just all say that and then move on because we don't know it. We, we, yeah. we cannot I did I did talk that. to one executive a couple weeks ago who said – if James Wiseman had played a full season at Memphis, he would 
be the consensus number one pick. I, look, I, I just I'm of the I understand that it's a weak draft, relatively speaking, but this is still the number two pick, you know? And I mean, I've heard this said over and over in the media, but I haven't heard it said here, and I just think it, it bears repeating on this podcast. Don't overthink it. It's the number two pick. You don't get this opportunity all that often. Like, I understand. You know, it's like, look, if you go out and you like, you only have a grand and they offer you a Lexus for a grand, like, that's still a good deal, right? Like, yeah, you didn't get a Bugatti, but you also didn't have a million dollars. Well, and, and let's add to that analogy. You need a SUV and you find an SUV for $1,000. The Warriors need a center. You know, this this is a positional need. So that should be factored in when we are talking you, about Wiseman. Can you guys imagine how different the conversation would be if the Warriors had the number two pick in last year's draft? Oh, my goodness. I mean, it's just like, obviously, you take John Morant, right. number two, and you feel great about it, and awesome. Yep. Like, because John Morant is going to be a perennial all-star in this league, and I, I, I think we both knew that. We all knew that a year ago. I much prefer screaming over the dog noises in the back at you guys about Wiseman. It just is what it is. It makes for a far more entertaining podcast. Let me switch it and ask you this. So I love rumors, boys. Maybe even more so than like actual news. Rumors let you argue, let you kind of play around with it. I just it's the really, fanboy in you. Yeah. I just, the I don't know, boy. I mean, don't you worry about why I like rumors. I just like rumors. But it leads to this question. If you were the subject of a rumor, uh, Marcus, if you played for an NBA team, you knew that they wanted to trade you, but they couldn't get any any bites. So there's rumors flying around left and right that you might be on the move, but they don't know where. Are you the personality type where you could put it to the side and keep going, or would it consume you and you know you just wouldn't be the same player? Uh, it would consume me. I would definitely have a few burner accounts like Kevin Durant <laughs> and just let let teams have it and let ownership have it. I mean, you know, it's it's a business, and you saw Ricky Rubio's kind of response when he got traded, just saying yeah. what a business, and it's it's a reminder of that. You know, it's it's different when the team and ownership do it to the player. It's a little more forgiving, and when the player tries to exercise his rights, you know, there's a little more, more backlash. But um, yeah, I would I would be upset, and I would definitely find some ways to to vocalize it. I wouldn't take it very well. I would be teary-eyed in the GM's office. Like, was it something I said? Did I did I do something wrong? Should I have come to practice the other day? Like, I would make no, it as, awkward immediately. As soon as that trade rumor hit the internet, the GM might will just sit you. You know, the the coach <laughs> might as well. Thought <laughs> so for sure you. you're going to share something about yourself. No, I mean, I'm talking about you. Yeah, I, well, I picked that up because you were making eye contact and used the phrase "you." Also, if there was any chance of you ever having my dog, it just went out the window, <laughs> buddy. You're never getting it, Maxime. How would you deal with rumors? Um, pretty poorly. I'm in the process right now of um, waiting to find out if I'm going to get a job in a couple of weeks here. And I just, I'm, I'm despondent. I can't do anything. I can't work. I can't study. I barely could make it out to record this podcast, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it, it would completely consume me in a way that would not work. Another rumor, boys, that immediately deserves our attention and one that has caught the NBA off guard, but uh, has got a lot of momentum. Harden is not happy in Houston, boys. And not only is he unhappy, but he has a single destination in mind. He would like to be paired up, back up with KD, and team up with Kyrie to have a brand new super team in Brooklyn. Connor, let's start with you. One to ten, how likely to be true? I mean, I'm I'm not going to pretend that I cover either of these teams, but I do know that it's a superstar-driven league. And usually when a superstar the caliber of Harden 
makes a demand, it, it happens. Yeah. Uh, so I do think it's going to happen. There was a report that came out earlier today saying that uh, it's, it's already terms of our already been agreed upon um it was from a not super reliable source we're not talking about woes or anything so i don't know if that's true but um i i i think it's gonna happen and it'll be fascinating to watch you know kevin durant man he he's he might as well be the owner general manager coach of the nets everything he wants happens I, I thought he didn't want to ha- like I thought he wanted his own team. I thought that that's not the landscape he wanted, but uh let me He just wants to play with his friends. Let's make this a Warriors focused question, Marcus. If that happens, Harden goes to Brooklyn. Good or bad for Golden State? Or nothing. It has no impact at all. Um I mean it gets James Harden out of the West Western Conference, which is always good cuz we just don't I don't like playing against him, but um, I think they'll end up having to give up too many pieces for it to be good for Brooklyn. I mean, I don't see Houston not walking away with Levert and Jared Allen and Mm -hmm. Dinwiddie and a couple picks in order to get Harden over there. And then you just gut gut your team at that point. So, um, yeah. And that's what makes the Nets intriguing to me is like all those secondary guys. Like they have, they have a pretty well-rounded roster um, and losing all those guys will be interesting. Well, and they don't have, I mean, if if we use Golden State as the prime example before, when KD joins them and, and makes a proper super team, when that happened and Golden State lost a lot of their depth, they already had an established system. They knew exactly how they wanted to win there. So when they brought in secondary players, there was a place to put them. We knew who they were looking for and what they needed out of them. Brooklyn is creating this on the fly right now. They didn't have a system in play for Kyrie and KD. They absolutely do not have one for all three of them. And when they come up with that, they're going to have to figure out these other pieces again on the fly. That's not an easy thing to do. So, I mean, it's a good team if that happens and an immediate title contender. But um, I don't think they're as dangerous as Golden State was with KD. And I, I agree with you guys. I think there's going to be some holes in that roster that will be hard to fill. Uh, let me change the question for you. Uh, so a lot of personalities, a lot of personalities on that team. Maybe, Maxine, they will get along perfectly. Maybe they won't. If you had to put money on which of those three becomes just pissy, crazy pissy first, who's it on? Cool. Um, KD. Uh, and I mean, I, uh, I may have seen the results of the Twitter poll that you put out. Um, so I know I'm in the minority there, but listen, I think that he has had so much vitriol thrown at him for his, um, time in Golden State and his decision to come here that I think he is going to be woefully, uh, mis- misunderstanding the situation if he thinks that James Harden coming to Brooklyn is going to make that situation easier for him. I mean, like, come on, he joined a team of homegrown stars as opposed to what's going to be happening in Brooklyn that moved over from New Jersey already, right? And then, like, had this, like, black aesthetic going on like they're clearly going to be the villains and then you put in Kyrie who's hated league wide and James Harden who's pretty much hated league wide neither of them came from that franchise dude it's going to be it's going to implode on KD so hard if there is a a more KD thing than him creating a super team and then immediately looking around and going I don't like this I don't know what it is it's right at the well what's going to happen is Harden's going to get there and it's going to kind of become Harden's team. And KD's going to be like, wait, no, I'm KD, though. <laughs> like, I'm the best player. 
Even though I haven't played in a year, and that guy, you know, is a former invite or former MVP more recently than I am. That's exactly it. I should hundred percent be the guy still. That's but and and if it if that's not what happens, if if he's not the unquestioned guy the entire time, he's going to freak out. I mean, there's a track record there. Even though it's one of his friends, uh, I don't think he's someone who can truly be happy for others in that way. I'm also fascinated to see the dynamic between Harden and Kyrie. And Marcus, I should tell you before we hear this, you may have been uh, confused. I know you're not in studio with us right now. That, in fact, was not Durant talking. That, that was just Connor's impersonation. Um, I know it's, I know they sound exactly the same, and but I would have told you if we had Durant inside, you know, I, I thought you might be upset. So. I feel like I've impersonated him a lot. Incredible. No, there's no, there's yeah. absolutely no doubt. So, and, and you could tell your impersonation has gotten tip top. But go ahead. You wanted to see the relationship between Harden and Kyrie. Well, I think we've seen that Harden is is usually at his best when he has the ball in his hands, and Kyrie is one of the best punt guards in the league, and he likes to have the balls in his hands. So there's something's got to give there. Um, it'll be and I and Kyrie also has a, a penchant for acting out when things don't go his way. And it's a first year coach in a situation where they have already said, and this was before Harden came in, yeah. it's going to be a coaching by committee. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a first-time coach, period. I mean, he's never, I mean, outside of being a consul- very part-time consultant for the Warriors, has never coached. I love the NBA. I mean, I really do. Like, the, it's yeah. only this sport where these kind of rumors can become rumor to story immediately, and then you can also foresee all the plot lines that will go along with it in addition to the actual sport. Uh, I cannot wait for this to come back. I think uh, KD's injury, too. Like, people coming back from big injuries like that, their first year back is always not as good as their second year. So I, I think that lends itself, too. I mean, I think Kyrie's personality is, is the big wild card there. I think it's a bigger than um, Durant and Harden, who have played together before and kind of know each other. But um, I think KD will be frustrated, not at his teammates, but at himself, sure. because his mind will tell him to go do something and his body won't be able to do it the way he's used to. And it'll take a full season for him to figure out how he has to reconfigure his expectations and his game given his injury well and that separation between mind and body will be happening during a season where he's desperate to establish himself as the alpha dog on a new franchise you know and like those two things that's not an easy thing to navigate it just isn't that's that's true for anybody um so i mean it hasn't happened maybe harden doesn't go there but it's something to keep in mind let's get to uh one of the biggest rumors that i wanted to cover we've already alluded to it let's jump to it boys Warriors aren't enamored by LaMelo. They don't really care about Wiseman. They recognize what we all do. Number one and number 10, there's no difference. So what the Warriors really want to do is trade down. That's the move in this draft. Connor, one to 10, how likely? Well, it's plan A. Um, They want it to happen. Um, I'm going to say it's an eight to nine, eight and a half. Uh, The only reason it won't happen is if they can't get a compelling offer. Um, but I feel like they're going to get a good offer because I think there's enough teams later in the lottery who really value Wiseman and Ball for for, for something to yep. give. So, um, so yeah, I think, I think that's going to happen. And I think it's going to be the, a best-case scenario for the Warriors because they'd end up getting the best of both worlds. You know, yep. this is a team that wants to maximize what's left of an aging course prime. Yep. Uh, but they also want to win now, and and they're not confident that whoever they would draft at number two can significantly help 
them becoming title contenders this season. Um, So if you trade down, you get a rotation guy, a proven rotation guy who, who you know can play a role for you this season. And then you also draft someone who you can develop to hopefully, you know, become a, a big piece down the line. So before we talk about how excited we are for it, let's actually make it real. So two trade down possibilities. I'm stealing both of these from you, Connor. We discussed them a little bit earlier. The first involves Charlotte. What's that look like? Yeah, Charlotte, um, a realistic trade scenario with them would be uh, Charlotte trading their number three pick in Miles Bridges to the Warriors for Kavon Looney and the number two pick. Um, if the Warriors get that offer, I would strongly consider it uh, because basically you're trading down one spot and you get a guy on Miles Bridges who he's still a young player. I think he's 21 years old um, and he was MVP of the Rising Stars Challenge last year. He's a legitimate starting quality forward in this league. Um, and the Warriors wouldn't even need him to start. You know, he could come in for the Warriors and be your sixth, seventh, eighth man, play meaningful playoff minutes. I think that's a great asset to have, especially since he's he's kind of he straddles that line where he's experienced enough where you know what you're going to get from him, yep. but he's also young and yep. can get better. Um, and he's a Michigan State guy, so uh, Draymond would like him. Um, and then you draft someone at number three. You know, probably whoever is left of those three. And one one thing that's very possible is the Warriors could trade the number two pick to three and then get LaMelo Ball and then trade that ass, trade LaMelo Ball to trade further down in the draft. I think that that might end up happening. I wish the name that was associated with that trade was not uh, Bridges because I'm just not that fired up on him. And if that means... It's Lamelo as opposed to Wiseman. Um, I, I don't know. I I don't mind them only moving down one slot. There doesn't seem to be a huge difference between two and three. But for all the reasons we've already described and why I'm not that fired up with Lamelo, that trade suggestion uh, I don't know. It doesn't light me up. Three, four on the interest stage. Yeah, honestly, I I don't really feel like we're going to be getting something super sexy for this. And so I just go back again to this idea, okay, we got Klay Thompson, we got Steph Curry, we got Draymond Green, you know, let's not let's not overthink this whole situation, <laughs> right? There's all like it's not great, but it is what it is. I think Miles Bridges will be great. I think he'd be a fine addition because we have three superstars that are that are going to anchor this team. I will say, I mean, like, just putting on any 19-year-old kid, be it LaMelo Ball or whoever, man, it must be such a weird sensation to get drafted, put on some team's hat, and then sit there for the next two hours, maybe not two hours, but at least next 30 minutes, stressing about whether or not you're actually going to then be traded again. Well, what that means logistically, too. I mean, you're talking about the next seven years of your life. Right. Um, And literally being dictated by a series of people who you've never met in rooms you will probably never see. Marcus, let me change the trade for you um, because I know the second one and it's moving down two spots to number four. The Warriors get back Wendell Carter Jr. give up the number two pick in exchange. You interested? Yeah, I would do that. Um, I think think Wendell fits a better need than Miles Bridges does. Um, You know, obviously he's a a big man. He's a center. Um, He's pretty athletic. I think he's a little underrated and gone under the radar in in Chicago for a lot of fans, probably Warrior fans too. Um, but he's a solid big. I think he'd be athletic. He 
he'd be good off the bench. I don't think he starts, but um, I think that allows us to go back into the range where you can get a Denny or a Tyrese Halliburton and it doesn't feel like a reach as well. And that will give some comfort to Bob Myers and team as well. Give me all things considered your best case scenario. All right, so we are less than 24 hours. We will know how this plays out by the end of tomorrow. If it were up to me, I think it's what we just described. The Warriors move back a single pick. They get Wendell Carter Jr. They have the four pick, and they also bring in Denny Avija um, and bring in two difference makers, one with a very high ceiling. If it doesn't go that way, I think my plan B would be Wiseman. Uh, MT, what's your best case? Ooh, can I include random trades that we haven't talked about yet? Sure. Cool. Um, I got two. One, I don't know if it works. So We use the phrase everybody. best case differently. Yeah. These would be best cases. <laughs> What's your best case, dude? And then, then we'll see after that. What's your best case? Fine, fine, fine. Um, I would like to uh, – a big curveball. I'd like to send Wiggins and the number two pick to the Clippers and get Paul George back. Oh. That's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, let's let's. I, mean, I want to hear why it won't happen. I, I'm going to tell you first why I wouldn't want it to happen. I don't want to see Wiggins go anywhere until we see him play with Steph and Clay. We we don't know what we're trading. You know, we might as well get a sense of how well he fits in here before we are positive we need another skill set. Did I talk you out of it? No, because I think the skill set that you know you get with Paul George is a better three point shooter, much better defender, and I think taking the pressure off of Paul George to be the number two guy on the team um, and to put him in the offensive flow of, of what Steve Kerr and the Warriors run would be perfect for his skill set. Why is that true for him and not Wiggins? And how do we know he's not a good... If, if my entire point is we don't know who Wiggins is when he plays with Steph and Clay, how do we know he's not going to be a much better shooter in a system that's going to give him a, a ton of space? Um, I mean, you can just take the averages of what they've averaged in the league so far, right, and look at it. Um, I mean, Paul George is a better three-point shooter, and he's a way better defender. Um, I mean, you can still try to give Adams and Collins the time to work with um, Wiggins and get his defense up and see if he can stay locked in, but you don't have to worry about that. You're getting a first and second team perennial all-defensive player with Paul George. Well, in a position we wouldn't necessarily need because we have Clay and someone who's been mentally possibly gutted in the last, what, three months because of what happened with the Clippers and how everybody reacted to it. I would be out on that trade. Um, but why, why do you think that's not a possibility? Because Wiggins isn't valued by the rest of the league. Um, he's that, That's looked at as a toxic, cancerous huh. contract. contract to the point where just to unload it, the Warriors might have to attach something with it. Um, and so, and also, the number two pick in this draft is not valued nearly as much as past number two picks because of everything we've already talked You're about. You're saying the Clippers say no. The Clippers say no. Yeah. yeah. If the Warriors could do that, I would do it. I just don't think the Clippers would ever do that. Um, I know that there were maybe some locker room issues with, with him last year, but I feel like they could do better than that package for Paul George. And the thing about Andrew Wiggins is he has way more value on the Warriors than he has on any other team in the league, which is why I don't see him going anywhere anytime soon. Give us a second trade, MT. Sorry, when you said best case and you relegated me to one, I, I thought I'd only get that one. Um, 
All right, we don't cool. want to hear it. Never mind. All right, cool. All right, so that's huge fun, you guys. I really appreciate it. I mean, this guy feeling sorry for himself. Just give us the trade, Jesus. Well, I don't know how the trade works, but I just heard rumblings that there it might be a possibility to get Vucevic from Orlando. Um, I know we've been talking about Aaron Gordon the whole time, but if there is a way to to pry Vucevic out, I think he'd be a sneaky good pickup instead. So you don't even so. have a scenario? Yeah. Just... So when he said that I made him feel bad, really what he realized, <laughs> he, he looked down on his sheet of paper and it said, just try to get Vucevic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, have you been able to break down that scenario too, Myers? Would, would you, next time you see Myers, would you say, have you considered the, and then check your notes, just get Vucevic scenario? <laughs> My paper actually says, Aaron Gordon, question mark, Vucevic, period. Yeah, so. perfect. Make sure you include all the punctuation when you read Vucevic it Vucevic also makes it a lot of money man he told you he hadn't worked it out connor don't you worry about the details man uh huge fun you guys true every week certainly true this week connor your work leading into this draft has been incredible i know that everybody needs more information going into tomorrow if i'm right about that where should they go uh follow me on twitter at con underscore cron read all my stuff at sfchronicle.com I also have my own podcast. We actually broke down a lot of draft stuff today with my boy Bram here um, on Warriors Off Court. You can find that on iTunes. No bow uh, during that podcast. So one of the advantages we had here. But no, that that podcast was fantastic for us. You know where to find us. Uh, If you think we did a good job, bad job, any kind of a job, Holler at us, uh, warriors at gmail.com, and our Twitter account is at Warriors Huddle. Shout out to our Patreon supporters, and with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Good, good.